salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly righteously and godly in the present age looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great god and savior jesus christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works 
Titus chapter 2 verses 11 to 14. Good evening. Welcome to the Whole Duty of Man podcast, equipping you for eternity. You are listening to Work It Out and the voices of Fiona. Today we are looking at an interesting topic. We are looking at Christian behavior or Christian standards. And when you carefully look at the text that I read, um, Titus, Titus chapter 2 verses 11 to 14, you will realize that it highlights what, uh, what should constitute good Christian behavior or Christian behavior. Especially verse 12, which says that uh, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. So in that verse alone, we see that we are to deny ungodliness, all that is considered ungodly behavior. We are to deny worldly lusts. We are to live soberly, and we are to live righteously and godly in the present age. Now, um, I believe this has set our tone for the presentation tonight, which will be done by Babuluki Masiki. Stay tuned and learn about Christian behavior. And my prayer is that as you listen and as you study the topic further, may the Holy Spirit help us to be able to apply the principles that we have learned about Christian behavior to our very own lives so that in the end, we may be God's own special people, zealous for good works. Be blessed. This is Work It Out with Fion. Hello everyone. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Christ. My name is Babulu Kimaseki. And in this discussion, we'll be looking at Christian standards. Some call it Christian behavior, but you can also call it Christian standards. So the purpose of this discussion is basically to find out how a Christian looks like, um, to find out what it really means to be a Christian. Of course, we'll not be going in depth with every aspect, but just do a general overview of what is expected of a Christian. Unless he prefers the name of Jesus Christ, there are certain things that will mark that we are his followers. And the Bible has that to say in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. But the main thing is verse 21. It says, For even here unto where you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that they should follow his steps. And then verse 22 says, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. So in verse 22, we are told that Christ is our example and that we are called to follow him. He is our example. And in what sense is he our example? Verse 22 says that he did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. So in whatever era of our life, we should be found to have no sin or to be not committing sin in whatever we do. So, and that is where behavior comes in. But, you know, behavior is more like outward actions only. When I talk about the standard is something that first has to be 
believed in and something that has to be well understood so that your actions are guided by that so that's what we'll be looking at and i want to quote from testimony Three church volume 1 page 408 and 409 um, since we have covered the gift of prophecy and explained about lng white's role as far as um, this gift of prophecy concerned i think it is fitting for us to quote um, some of your writings as we go on with this discussion it says the life and spirit of christ is the only standard of excellence and perfection and our only safe course is to follow his example if we do this he will guide us by his counsel and afterward receive us to glory we must strive diligently and be willing to suffer much in order to walk in the footsteps of our redeemer god is willing to work for us to give us of his free spirit if we will strive for it live for it believe for it and then we can walk in the light as he is in the light we can feast upon his love and drink in of his rich fullness this is from testimony to church volume 1 pages 408 and 409 so here we are told again the same concept that we are to follow the examples of christ and he's the only one who is the standard of excellence and perfection so when you talk about christian behavior and talk about christian standards basically we are using christ as the standard we are using christ as the one uh, whom we look up to um, whom, who, who, whom we should emulate and, and, and imitate so that uh, we have the same character as as him and then because Psalm chapter 60 verse 4 it says thou hast a banner to them or thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee that it may be displayed because of the truth so those who fear god god has given them a banner the banner is something that identifies you i mean if you have different groups each group has its own banner so you know that okay this is the eagles group they have a banner of, in, of an eagle this is the lions group they have a banner of a, of a lion for example so god has given his people a banner um and these people are those who fear him to fear god means to uh, keep his commandments as the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 tells us so we see that uh, to fear God is basically to keep his commandments to obey his truth and this banner is to be displayed because of the truth so it is the banner of truth those who follow truth those who practice truth they've been given this banner by God and they are seen by everyone that these ones they are different from the rest of the world they are different from the rest of everyone since the banner that they have is that which shows or displays the truth and the book of Isaiah 59 verse 19 says so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall rise, lift up a standard against him. So when an enemy comes to attack God's people, the standard that God has put against the enemy is this banner of truth, the Christian standards. That's what actually deters the devil from overcoming Christians, from overcoming those who fear the Lord from overcoming those who call 
themselves by the name of the Lord and who call upon his name. So those who have this truth, the standards, um, and they are living up to that truth, the enemy has nothing on them. And Testament Ministry Church, Volume 7, page 150, it says, God has placed in our hands a banner upon which is inscribed, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. This is a quotation from Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, those words. This is a distinct separating message a message that it, that is to give no uncertain sound. It is to lead the people away from the broken cisterns that contain no water to the unfailing fountain of the water of life. So now we are going to look at some aspects of our lives um, where these standards apply and we will basically contextualize those standards according to those different aspects of our lives. We will not cover everything, but we'll just basically pick certain things that um, I think are important for this discussion or for this presentation, so that at least at the end of it, we have an idea of what it is, of what God requires of us, or what is it that is required of us as far as um, Christian standards are concerned. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 and verse 7, Paul says, now these things were our examples to the intent which not last after evil things as they also lasted. Neither be ye adoritas as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So this is basically um, something that touches creation. So we should not participate in idolatrous practices as far as recreation is concerned. So usually um, there are games that are being played, there are certain things that are being done. Um, in the form of recreation. So we have to be careful that we are not engaging in idolatry while we are doing that. And we have to be guided by the Holy Spirit. We have to be guided by the Holy Scriptures. And in the book of Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, Paul talks about, um, Paul talking about the kind of things, um, the situation um, of humanity in the end times. Um, he says in First Timothy, or rather Second Timothy, um, Second Timothy chapter two, or chapter three, rather chapter three. I want us to begin it from verse one before we actually go to the very verse that I want us to focus on. He says in verse one, "This also know that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, and thankful, unholy, without natural affection." Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. So in verse 1, it talks about the things, the state of things in the last days. It talks about the fact that there will be a, uh, there'll be previous times. And then it describes what will happen during those times. And one of the elements that that's been mentioned, we see it in verse 4, that men will be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. So this again, we see that the standards of recreation in the end times will be so 
perverted that people will love pleasure more than they love God. In other words, the pleasures that they engage in, they are not guided, they are not commanded, they are not approved by God. So we have to make sure that the pleasures that we engage in as Christians are God approved. And we have to look into God's word to see what is it that God approves and what is it that he does not approve so that we choose that which he approves for our recreation. Now let's move on to reading. We've covered recreation. Let's talk about reading. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 and verse 13 says, Let no man despise your youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, that is conduct, in charity, love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation to doctrine. So we see in these two verses that there is this issue of being an example to the believers in wedding conversation that is in, in, in conduct. Basically, the behavior should be exemplary. And what inspires or what influences this behavior to be exemplary? We see it in verse 13, the issue of reading or studying. So what we study or what we read should be in such a way that it helps us to be exemplary to others around us. We should exemplify Christian virtues and that stems from the material that we read. It finds its root and its cause and its motivation in the things that we read, the things that we feed our mind. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 and verse 16 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shine, shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. So on the other, on the one hand, we should study to get God, to get God's approval and on one hand, you should shun profane and vine babblings. That is empty babblings. Empty because one has not studied. And why should we avoid them? Because they will increase unto more ungodliness. In other words, if you don't study and we engage in these vain babblings, we become more and more ungodly, moving away and further away from the character of Christ that we are supposed to reflect. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed is he that reads, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So in order for us to keep the things that are written in God's word, we need to read them. We don't, only, we don't only need to hear them, but we also need to read them. So the things that we read, they should be uh, the kinds of things that prepare us for the future. The reason given in the end of verse 3 is that for the time is at hand. In other words, time is running out. We need to read, we need to hear, we need to keep these things because time is running out. So a Christian will read things that will prepare them for the time that is running out. Testimonies to the Church, volume 7, page 204. The religious experience is to a great degree determined by the character of the books you read in your leisure moments. Let me repeat that. The religious experience is to a great degree determined by the character of the books you read in your leisure moments. 
Now let's move on to music. We talked about recreation, we talked about reading, and let's move on to music. And then we've got Psalm 92 verse 1 to verse 3 says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning, and thy faithfulness every night, upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn with a solemn sound so here we see that uh, part of the purpose of music is to help us to praise the most high to show forth or to give testimony to his loving kindness in the morning and his faithfulness every night so music is the uh, one aspect that helps us in praising God. So the kind of music that we listen to should be um, preparing us to or preparing our minds to basically uh, link and connect with God. In the book of Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3 verse 16, I'm going to study in the last part of the verse, but I'll just read the first part and the last, the last part together. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So the kinds of songs that you should be engaging in, the kind of songs that are basically hymns and you know spiritual songs and psalms, these are songs of the kind, the kind of music rather, that draws us closer and closer to God's principles and it helps us to comprehend his character more clearly. In the book Education by Energy White, page 168, it says, Let there be singing in the home of songs that are sweet and pure, and there will be fewer weights of censure and more of cheerfulness and hope and joy. And then Testimonies to the Church, Volume 1, page 510 says, No one who has an indwelling Savior will dishonor him before others by producing strains from musical instrument which call the mind from God and heaven to light and trifling things. So the kind of music that we should listen to is the one that calls the mind to God and to heaven, not to light and trifling things. So it should not be the degrading kind of music, but a music that ennobles. Then we move on to talk about dress, the standards of dress. In the book of Isaiah chapter 3, verse 16 to verse 23, we read a very interesting um, um, passage right there. I just read it. It says, Moreover, the Lord said, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go and making a tinkling with their feet, therefore the Lord does might as with a scab, the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. In that day, the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments above their feet and their curls, and their round tears like the moon, the chains and the bracelets and the mufflers, the bonnets and the ornaments of the legs and the headbands and the tablets and the earrings, the rings and no jewels, the changeable suits of apparel, and the mantles and the wimples and the crisping pins, the glasses and the fine linen and the hoods and the veils. So we see that 
here God is displeased with the kind of dress that his people are engaged in and it shows what is in their hearts and their character. He describes them as um, working forth with working with stretched forth necks. And this phrase basically shows it, 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 it talks about it all. It, it, it means rebellion. You know, um, in the book of Proverbs, it talks about he who is stubborn shall have his neck broken. And we have also have this, this phrase in, 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 in our Tsana culture, in our Tsana language, that when someone is, um, is stubborn, uh, we say in a literal sense that they have a neck. So that's, that's the meaning of that phrase. So these are people who are rebellious against God in their dress. It talks about they have wanton eyes, like, you know, seductive eyes. And this stems from, when you read the rest of the passage, it from the way that they dress. So the way that we dress can influence our mental status and attitude, or vice versa. Our mental status and attitude can influence how we dress. So we have to be careful with the kinds of clothes that we put on our body. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 9 and verse 20 says, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls, or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Um, and here in First Timothy chapter 2 verse 9, uh, we read from, now we'll quote from Testament 3 church volume 4, a page 636 that, here, the Lord, through his apostle, speaks expressly against the wearing of gold. Let those who have had experience see to it that they do not lead others astray to this point by their example. So that is what we see right there. And the rest of the, of, 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 of the corpses or the rest of the passage says, that ring encircling your finger may be very plain, but it is useless. And the wearing of it has a wrong influence upon others. So she even spoke of a ring, simple ring that was there on the finger. So as far as dress is concerned, what is it that we should consider when we buy clothes and we put them on our body? The first thing that you should consider is that the issue of health. Are the clothes that we are buying, are they healthy? And we should make sure that the limbs are at least as well clothed as the rest of the body. These are your legs and your arms. And they should also be modest. That's point number two. It should not expose the female form to public view. So no, no low necklines and uh, skin tight clothes. Um, that is one thing that you should be aware of. And it should be simple as well. No extras, adornment, gaudy colors, or writing to attract attention to self. So these are the guidelines for our dress or our clothes. And it should be feminine uh, for women. That is, I mean, when you look at the, all the verses that we read from Isaiah, from um, Timothy as well, they are pointed to the women, to the females. So... We are commenting based on those verses or on those passages. The clothes should be feminine. It should manifest a clear distinction from the general dress of men. And it should also be 
distinct. Um, that's why we say Christian now. It should be Christian. It should not be a style that is identified with or promoted by unacceptable special interest groups. Uh, for example, the women's movement, um, a feministic movement, or a false religion, or some some group of rebels of some sort. So it has to be um, following those guidelines. And education page 248 says, A person's character is just by his style of dress. A refined taste, a cultivated mind, will be revealed in the choice of simple and appropriate attire. Chaste simplicity in dress, when united with modesty of demeanor, will go far towards surrounding a young woman with that atmosphere of sacred reserve, which will be to her a shield from a thousand perils. The first line says, a person's character is judged by his style of dress. A person's character is judged by his style of dress. So let us dress the way we want to be addressed. And in conclusion, I read Testimonies Church Volume 1, page 158. If they had been converted, they would bear the fruit to the glory of God. If the heart is right, your words, your dress, your acts will all be right. True godliness is lacking. I will not dishonor my master so much as to admit that a careless, trifling, prayerless person is a Christian. No, a Christian has victory over his besetments, over his passions. There is a remedy for the sin sick soul. That remedy is in Jesus' precious savior so this is basically just um, a little bit on christian standards i mean of course there are other things like health um the kinds of foods that we eat but i'm sure that we have that more with pans on the health plug but so basically this is just um, what we see about about christian standards i mean we did talk about music we can expand that to entertainment um television the things that we watch and so forth and so on. So Christian standards find their source and find their anchor in the word of God. You should consult with God's word to see what is it, what are the guidelines concerning what we eat, how we dress, how we eat, um, how we how we how we go about the recreation, the kinds of entertainment, the kind of entertainment that you engage in, and so forth and so on. So may God help us to learn, to study these standards and know what is expected of us and ask him to give us the strength and the power to align our practices and our minds, more especially our minds um, and our practices with those standards. May God bless you and keep you.